special buttons because this is a special episode. Uh, okay. Colonel. Welcome to a very bonus episode of the Battle Science Podcast, a Pokemon Go PvP podcast where we talk about Pokemon Go and all of the things as it relates to PvP. I am one of your hosts, Steven, aka A Boy in the Woods, joined as always by Jesse, aka Rocket Admin J. What the dog do? Oh, there he is. <clears throat> We're going to jump right into this. This is a little bonus episode uh, recording on the evening of September 5th. Uh, we are into September of 2021, and boy, will we have a lot of news for you in just a couple of days for the regular episode of the Battle Science Podcast. If you are new to the Battle Science Podcast, this is part two of our 2021 Silph Arena preseason primer. You can go listen to uh, part one of our preseason primer, which is already up on podcast services and on YouTube and... Twitch, I guess you can rewatch on Twitch. Yep. Um, let me see. Let me actually pull up the particular date for that. I should probably grab, since we don't have numbered episodes, let me grab the date for that episodes, episode list. That is August 27th. Battle Science Podcast for August 27th, the Sylph Arena preseason primer. Go listen to that. That is episode one. There's a lot of content to cover. We'll con cover the rest of it here in this bonus episode and then be back on Tuesday for our regularly scheduled Battle Science podcast with all of the updates from Silph Arena. No. Yep. We got a new announcement. Well, we've got a soon announcement from the new Silph Arena, uh, right. but from Go Battle League. Um, Go Battle League season. Is it nine? We're on nine. We're in nine now. Yes. We're in nine now. Move updates. Um, oh, yeah. Move updates. That's all I can think of. Some nerfs, some changes. Pidgeot's uh, back. Bird Jesus. And then some GBL infos. We'll talk all about that. And then sort of probably some speculation on Sylph Arena, uh, Sylph Arena Season 4. Yep. Oh, goodness gracious. But before we get into that, I want to thank our Patreon producers, podcast producers. You too can join this list. Uh, go to patreon.com slash battle science and back us at the $5 tier or higher. And you can get your name read on the air just like Dolphin93, Evo Stevo, Winston the Champ, and Jmar. Thank you for backing us on Patreon at the podcast producer level. Uh, you can also back us on Patreon at the dollar tier or more and get access to the Battle Science After Dark podcast, which is where Jesse and I uh, unfiltered, unfiltered, uh, I was going to make a joke about like unfiltered coffee or unfiltered, unfiltered juice 
with like grains and bits. We get Maybe some pulp. There's some pulp in that episode. Yeah. No <laughs> added calcium. But all the pulp. Um we go off the rails. We kind of talk about anything and everything. Yep. We don't have a filter. It's meant to be where we can just kind of let it loose and say all the fun flavor text that we like. Yes. While the regularly scheduled Battle Science podcasts and bonus podcasts <clears throat> that go up on all podcast services are for all people of all ages, the Battle Science After Dark podcast is listener discretion advised. So you can go catch that for a dollar tier or more over on patreon.com slash battle science. Um, we'll have one coming up here in the next week or two for September. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I feel like I had a thought for a topic the other day and then it wisped out of my head and we'll get back to it later. But over to the preseason primer. Let's jump right on into this. Uh, there are no time codes. We are on this train. It has no brakes. So for those of you who are turning in for the first time or listening. Go go listen go listen to the, the previous episode first. Yeah, if this is your first this episode, is... stop. <laughs> pull over to the side of the road. Go back to the previous episode. This is listen part two. This is part two. Of all of the sequels, don't start with this one. <laughs> Even though this isn't a sequel, this part. I, oh no! Keep going. Whatever. My screen went dark, and on the tablet, you know how fun that is to turn back on. Oh boy! So we talked a lot about individual Pokemon in the previous episode and PvP. Some of the very basics, like why you should PvP. Why would you want to PvP? Some of the, yeah, just, just sort of top level. This is going to be a little bit more in-depth on the battle side. Um, that's why it's part two battle basics. Um, so we're going to talk about a little bit more in-depth on uh, battling and the mechanics and a little bit of team building um, and a couple of other little topics here and there. Um, so let's jump into it. Part two, we're going to start with some battle basics if you jump into a gbl battle a battle against the uh team leaders into a um battle against one of your friends you might know or might not know some of the basic sort of mechanics the the one thing that it doesn't show here on this screenshot and and if you're an audio listener, I would recommend going over to the video and listen to the 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 watching the video version of this because we'll have some nice pictures sort of showing. Um, we've got a nice slideshow with some pictures and some bullet points um, to help break stuff down. Um, we're looking at a screenshot of a battle here um, with two two Pokemon, a Vulpix versus a Dugong. Uh, semantics as far as who's going to win whatever um the one thing that it doesn't show here that is actually rather important is that there is a four minute battle timer when the battle starts and you see the go flash on screen that four minute timer starts counting down i believe what did you say it was within the last 30 seconds or so is when the timer. i think roughly within the last minute to 30 seconds the timer will show up there in the center of the screen it'll the show top. up yep yeah, the top center it'll show up a little timer 
Um, there are teams that are built for stall purposes. So basically they're not incredibly strong, but they are incredibly bulky. They are um, absolute behemoths with massive amounts of defense and um, stamina um, that are built to run that clock out, um, which can be a tactic, not something we'll really cover here because it's rather cheesy and not incredibly beneficial um especially with how the gameplay plays within pokemon go pvp um the other thing that you probably already know it's three pokemon versus three pokemon you pick three your opponent picks three um and then you battle against each other the switch timer when you go to switch from one pokemon to another this is not when a pokemon faints um you have a one minute timer once you've selected this the pokemon to switch in and it has been switched in you'll have 60 seconds on a cooldown before you can switch again the one thing is that picking a replacement upon the fainting of a pokemon does not affect that timer so even if if you switch into something and you're say 30 seconds in the and your pokemon that you've brought out faints that 30 second timer continues but just because you have 30 seconds left on your switch timer doesn't mean you can't throw a new Pokemon out. And competitively speaking, the switch timer is one of the key factors in your battling because it plays a very crucial element to the mechanics of a battle. So just if if anything in this takeaway, timers are important, knowing your timers. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you'll probably see here is that there are two shields each. These block all damage of a charge move, and we'll get to different the breakdown of the different moves here in a moment. The two shields will block all damage, but any buff or debuff effects will still apply. So even if, say, a power-up punch is blocked, the damage is blocked, but the attack boost for whichever Pokemon used power-up punch will still be in effect. The same thing for a debuff like with Dugong in the image here. Even if Steven were to shield the Icy Wind from Dugong, it would still ap- apply the debuff to attack. To my attack. Yes. Yes. Um, the biggest takeaway with this screen and the overall mechanics of Pokemon Go PvP is that PvP is a resource management game. It's like a real-time strategy. So... A much faster paced and considerably less units than, say, a, um, uh, what's it called? AOE. Uh, Age of Empires? Age of Empires, basically. Basically. Uh, it's a very elaborate it's <laughs> comparison. A, it's, yeah. yeah, so it's, <clears throat> trying to think of, trying to think of another more I mean, if you compare examples. it to something like the main series Pokemon games, you don't get to pause between attacks. Yes. You have to keep going. Yeah. That's why it's real-time versus turn-based. Right. Although technically there are turns, and we'll get into that here in the next slide or two. Um, so it's a resource management game. So you have to manage your shields, the amount of Pokemon you have left, your shield timer, and in some instances, depending on the composition of yours and your opponent's team, you'll have to manage the um, battle timer as well. Um, and then as well as energy for each fast, uh, fast moves, energy generation and charge moves, uh, energy consumption. 
Um, but we will start getting into that here. So, fast moves. A Pokemon will always have one fast move. A Pokemon cannot not have a fast move. It always has a fast move. Uh, every Pokemon species have different fast move options. Some Pokemon, actually many Pokemon, share similar fast moves, but not every Pokemon has the availability of every fast move. Right. Um, they are used in battle by tapping on the screen anywhere except for the charge move bubbles, basically. Although the charge move, if if you don't have a charge move ready to throw, you can still tap there. Anywhere on screen, it'll hit a fast move. Using the fast move will do damage and gain energy. The I'll just finish reading these bullet points, then we'll get into sort of the in-depth. The fast moves operate within quote-unquote turns. So this is sort of, it's real time, but it's based on turns. Each turn, quote-unquote turn, are half of a second long. Not every fast move is created equal. Tackle is bad. Pound is a little bit better. I'm trying to think of another, what's another normal fast move that's okay. Takedown? Takedown is okay. Because it's a, a, a vine whip. Vine, vine whip, whip clone. clone. Yep. And when we say clone, we, what we mean is certain moves have the same energy, damage, and cooldown as other moves. They're just coded. They're named different to work the same way. Mm. So let's break down a little bit of damage, energy gain, and Jesse said cooldown. I'm going to refer to it as turn duration. Okay. Um, You'll probably hear different people call it different things, and that's... That's where PvP can get confusing because the terminology can vary between player and player. Yes. So, <clears throat> different fast moves. There's three main things that can affect the viability of a fast move. It's turn duration. How long is the attack animation? Basically, how many attacks, how many fast attacks can you get in in a period of time? The energy generation of that attack, so how much energy does it gain you to be able to throw a charge move. And then the uh, amount of damage that each of its fast attacks do. And so, I guess gold standard, if you've listened to any of the previous podcasts, gold standard is counter. It is a... The fast move counter. The fast move counter. It is a fighting type. And it is a very fast, fast move. It has, I think it's a, is it a half turn? I'm not 100% or it's, sure. It's, I, think it's, I think it's just uh, half half a second. Um, it's either half a second or a second. It's a, a, an incredib- incredibly rapid hitting fast move. It does a significant amount of damage. I guess that's three. It does a significant amount of damage every time it hits. Yep. And because it hits as quickly as it does, that adds up. And then its energy gain is pretty solid as well. Yeah. Which of, means... of all the fast moves, it is the most... I mean, some people would argue it's not balanced, but we've had the argument that if it was ever changed, buffed, debuffed, reworked, cooldown, 
turn duration increased or anything, that it would completely throw the meta or what we know of competitive into chaos. Pokemon Go, the bedrock on which the Pokemon Go meta is placed upon is counter as a fast move. Now, you could also say that things like confusion and charm also sort of help fill in that that bedrock. Um, But uh, I would say counter is, bar none, the most important. I mean, if you look at all of the rankings and everything, anything that does have access to counter is usually incredibly incredibly relevant in PvP. Even Pokemon that have terrible stats are still relevant just because counter is such a good move. Like, I'm trying to think of something that has counter that's not good, and it's uh, maybe Hitmonchan, but still has its place. Yeah. Uh, I think, what is it? Uh, Breloom? Okay. Counter? That might be the exception. Bre- Breloom, probably the one. <laughs> and we actually... Um, <laughs> um, Breloom is actually something we talked about in the first part of this as far as being a counter user that's not all that great. And that's just because its stats are all right. Um, Let's see. So different fast moves have different play. Counter is sort of that bedrock. It's that, that gold standard as far as moves. There are fast moves that don't gain as much energy are a little bit longer in far as duration, but then also have significantly more damage. So you're looking at things like um, count or not counter, uh, charm and confusion. They all start with the letter C, which is a little bit odd. Yeah, it's true. Is that? I got this. Okay, it's a little bizarre. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, so that you want to strike a good balance where counter basically is like A or A plus in all three categories of energy generation, damage, and uh, low turn duration. Things like charm are an A in damage, um, but are like a plus if not a star in damage are lacking in the turn duration and the energy gain um you're gonna see completely completely different performance from a pokemon that has counter versus say confusion or like if you're looking at polar opposite opposites um let's compare snarl to charm um and actually probably a pretty good baseline is if you have lipard because it has i was gonna say snarm and charm <laughs> the ongoing joke <laughs> it has snarl and it has charm so and we haven't i haven't talked about sort of the category that uh, snarl is in snarl is high energy gain low damage and a nice medium turn duration so where can conf- um i where Charm is a longer duration, Snarl is a little bit less, but has a much, much higher energy gain. So you mean if you Charm has more damage. Charm has more damage, but Snarl has more energy gain. But Snarl is also 
a little bit less in the turn duration, so you right. get to it a little bit quicker. I would say you get maybe one and a half to two snarls in the duration of one charm. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to go back into the the particular stats to be granular here. And um, if uh, Eric Bn will probably correct us if we're absolutely <laughs> wrong. Um, in the past, I said takedown was a terrible move, and it's a normal type move, and it's not that great. Um, but if you're using, if of the normal moves that are available, it's probably the more preferable. It's a vine whip clone, so it's got reasonable energy gain. Yeah. Um, but Lyperd is an interesting, um, interesting gauge to set, sort of see the two big, sort of shifting points of high damage versus high energy gain. Um, so we're not saying Lyperd's good. <laughs> no, but it does have <laughs> it's got snarl options, and it does moves. have charm. Yeah. So you can use it. You can switch that fast move on the same Pokemon <laughs> yeah. and see the differences in how it plays out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another Pokemon that has that kind of option, and I don't know if mm. there is one. Granbull. Okay, Granbull does too. Um, that's right. HR is uh, getting bored. <laughs> A little grumbling. <laughs> The things that join Snarl are Bullet Seed as a grass type, and what's there's another one, isn't there? Is it Waterfall? No, no, no. As far as energy generation, uh, I think there's another move or two that have a similar energy generation for the duration. I'm yeah. not exactly sure. I think those are the two primary. And the hilarious thing is Shiftry has both. Yeah. <laughs> um, the interesting sort of like middle ground is something like Confusion, but even Confusion is maybe a little bit too long yeah. to really hit that pinpoint. Confusion has pretty reasonable energy gain for its duration and can hit like a truck. Um, but it is a little bit longer. It's not quite as long turn duration than it as, um, oh, that's a push notification for worlds. Oh, for Silverina? Yeah. Uh, worlds prelims, I think. Um, confusion's not as long of a duration as charm is. Right, but visually it feels like it. <laughs> yes, it feels like it's an it it hits like an eternity. Go play out. Go play some hypno. Um, confusions take a long time, but they do a good amount of damage. Confusion, confusion, and charm are one of those. Both of them are both moves that benefit the shadow Pokemon type, and that's something that we've mentioned before. Hypno, in particular, it can be a, a particularly good shadow. How many times can I say? particular because it is bulky and it trades some of that bulky bulkiness with the shadow for the increase to attack and it still keep maintains the tank uh type pokemon but also gets that nice big damage buff for confusions and they start to stack up really quick Mm -hmm. um i guess to kind of give a bar for this moves like dragon breath and water gun are the fastest moves in the game after that, I would say probably what counter, yes, and then snarl, then confusion, then charm being the longest duration. Now each of those are doing different amounts of damage, different amounts of energy gain, and all have different durations. If you really want to crack down on 
those different things, you can either play test them for yourself or there's websites out there like PB Poke and other resources that we'll mention here at the end where they can, you can also just Google it, but knowing your durations for your fast moves can play a huge part in PVP mm -hmm. because if you're going to use, let's say, Confusion on Hypno, I can get in at least four to five Dragon Breaths while you're doing one Confusion. Yes. But and that doesn't mean much because I'm doing about the same amount of damage with the Dragon Breaths, mm -hmm. but I'm not getting the same amount of energy that you are in your one Confusion. So that's kind of the mix and match of knowing what Pokemon are using what moves and how quickly they're getting energy for their charge moves. And I think that's a good kind of segue into the next part where we talk about charge moves. Yes. So similar to fast moves, every Pokemon will have at least one charge move. Every Pokemon has different charge move options. You can add a second charge move to a Pokemon for an additional cost. We talked about that in the first part. Yep. Um, the cost and the species having different prices for their second move. Mm -hmm. um, charge moves are used in battle by tapping the attack bubble on the bottom of the screen. So in this particular example, excuse me, I have Swampert against a Macargo. The uh, Hydro Cannon has a full charge plus a little bit of extra energy, whereas the Sludge Wave does not. The Hydro Cannon bubble, if I tap on that, it will go into its charge move animation. Um, and it will fire off a charge move. Um, charge move, uh, using a charge move will do damage. It will consume the energy and will apply buffs or debuffs depending on the move. Um, the one thing to note is some moves, not all, there, there's a subsection of charge moves that have a buff or debuff. There's then a subsection of that that have a guaranteed buff or debuff, so a 100% chance to do a buff or debuff, while others have a percentage chance. So something like Ancient Power has, I think, a 10% chance when it's uh, used in battle to increase attack and defense by... Two stages. Two stages, and there's a maximum of three stages. That's a little more So in complex. the main series, they... Something like Tail Whip from early on in their Pokemon games mm -hmm. decreased defense by one stage. In the main series games, there's f there were originally four stages, but now there's six. Yeah, yes. it's not it, incredibly important information, but in Pokemon Go, that translates to three stacks of either attack and defense, plus or minus. So if I use a power-up punch, I get an attack buff by one up by one stage and power up punch as an example is a hundred percent guaranteed yes. every time you use it your attack will go up by one stage so if i use power up punch three times i will have my attack increased my attack buffed three times to the maximum if i use an, a fourth power up punch i don't see an attack increase but the damage of power up punch will have increased because of each attack buff correct uh one thing to note if you have a buff or debuff on you and you swap a Pokemon out, it removes that buff or bane. That is, yep. It's a little bit awkward. So if you, if a Pokemon has been affected by buffs, they all zero out when they are put back into a Pokeball and a new Pokemon is sent out. Yep. Uh, let's see. So charge moves can be shielded by an opponent if they have char uh, if they have shields remaining 
Um, the shield does block the damage. It does not block the buff or debuff. And not every charge move is created equal. So similar to fast moves, charge moves. Charge moves don't have durations in this particular instance. Charge moves have damage and the energy requirement. The energy requirement, the less energy that a charge move has, the faster you can fire it off, but usually the less damage it has. Um, I think the one like memeiest example is getting beamed. So something like solar <laughs> beam or hyper beam um, are... They are the strongest moves in the game, but also require the most energy. Yes. So it takes forever to get to them. They can be easily avoided if they're shielded. But if they hit unshielded, even with resistances, they do a Mac ton of damage um, and thus results in the meme get beamed. Yeah. Um, because for the longest time, context, Azumarill is a pain in the butt. In PvP, people would actually run things like Ninetales with Solar Beam and it would get the match flipped. Because the Azu would be dead in a case where it should have won against a fire type like Canto uh, Ninetales, but then it gets hashtag get beamed and Azu saw the light. Um, let's see. So actually, the Toxicroak here um, also shows an interesting. Um, comparison between so counter is its fast move and then it has two charge moves it has sludge bomb and it has mud bomb sludge bomb as you can see has two bars and mud bomb has three bars uh, so to be fair you are looking at on gyms and raids tabs so it's a little different it's true is is sludge uh sludge bomb three bars and no okay it's still two bar yeah okay well eh. i mean the difference is is also if let's say if it does not, but if Mud Bomb was something that debuffed in the PvP section on the screen here, mm. it shows the percentage of the debuff. If it has a percent, it shows the percent. If it's a guaranteed buff or debuff, it shows it under that screen under the PvP stats. I'll try to remember to um, switch out the screenshot then before this goes up. Um, so Sludge Bomb requires a bit more energy, but it's going to do a little bit more damage than Mud Bomb. But Mud Bomb, you can get to much quicker. Um, we refer to that as spam. Yeah. And one thing to take into consideration here in looking at Toxicroak, it is both fighting and poison type. So it is getting what's called Stab, same type ability bonus, which is going to give it an increase to damage with both Counter and Sludge Bomb. Where Mud Bomb, it won't get the bonus because it's a ground type. But it's still, because it has a high base attack stat, like we mentioned in the last episode, it's an attack-weighted Pokemon. So the more times you can fire off a move, sometimes can determine the win. Because if I'm hitting you hard already, and I'm hitting you three or four times faster with Mud Bombs than getting to one Sludge Bomb, I'm going to do more damage overall. It also creates what we call Shield Pressure. Because if I'm spamming Mud Bomb at you... You need to decide, oh, is this worth shielding or not? But with Toxicroak, it can add up pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Because yes, if the... I go to launch a Sludge Bomb, there's a chance you shield it. But if I'm assailing you with Mud Bombs, you're going to have to shield at some point. The more charge moves you throw, 
the more opportunities it is to use that shield. So, Your opponent's shields. Yes. But it, another thing, it also helps run the timer for switching. Because when you go to do your charge animations, it's technically delaying the clock. The clock is still going. The cooldowns for swaps, the game clock itself is still going. But no damage is happening yet. Right. And it also prevents your opponent from using fast moves when you use a charge move. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think you have mentioned it yet, but every charge move in the game, based on the type, has a certain animation effect that goes with it. And there are some of them where... I think you'll go into this here in a minute about, or later at some point, about how you don't have to hit every bubble. But each it's, of the... It's more of... I wouldn't say it's an advanced strat, but I wasn't going to go like super in-depth. Right. But you, for right now, um, the little bubble minigames that you get... So like in this instance where he has Swampert on the screen, uh, Hydro Cannon would be a left-to-right wave motion for the water type. And a lot of the types actually fit to the aesthetic of the little minigame that you have to do. But the general consensus for most of these charge moves is just spin your finger in a circle in the center of the screen. And you'll pretty much get all of them. If you're just starting out, I would suggest doing the spinning of a circle in the center of the screen. Because the majority of the charge animations when you use a charge attack all share the same kind of animation. But as you progress, or if you're an experienced player, you know kind of learn the patterns for the types the the team leaders are available to available to battle at any point in time that's not server based or anything you can immediately queue up against the ai of the team leaders so you can practice your animations there uh one key thing to note is they have kind of hidden the leaders you have to open up your menu go to battle and then underneath all of the Go Battle League stuff at the very bottom is the three team leaders. Yep, scroll down to the very bottom, and there's your three team leaders. And you can fight them at either Great League, Ultra League, or Master League. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting, I would recommend Master League. That way you can use Pokemon that you already have powered up from raiding. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. And then the one... You know, not every charge move is created equal. Similar to fast moves where there are bad fast moves, there are bad charge moves. Yeah. Um, trying to think of a good example. Of a bad charge move? Yeah. Uh, Aurora Beam is not great. Is a nice type move. Um, certain moves have certain benefits, but they're not as bad as the fast moves. Yeah. Charge moves have a little bit more flexibility. Flame wheel is kind of bad, like on a lone Marowak. It's not great. But the nice thing about charge moves is most people, if they see a Pokemon, assume it's running the optimal moves. So you can run those cheese move sets and still do fairly well. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I run a Shadow Ampharos. And most people just assume I run Volt Switch, Thunder Punch. I can't tell you in the last week when I've been doing GBL how many times I've seen either an Umbreon, a nice type, or like a G Stunfisk thrown against my uh, Ampharos because it's a ground. The Stunfisk, for example, would beat me because it's a ground type. Mm -hmm. But I get enough energy from Volt Switch, my fast move, quick enough to build up to something like a Focus Blast, and it doesn't get shielded. And that just destroys the G Stunfisk, the Umbreons, the Bastiodons, because they don't respect that I have that move. So 
just because it's not the most optimal move doesn't mean you can't invest in off moves, but the, you have to, there's mechanics that go into that to like baiting. There's decisions that have to go into that. That's yeah. what we call spice. Yeah, spice. So, and we'll, uh, we've got a little bit of a reference to that in a l- later slide. Okay. Team building. Team, team, team building. Um, Are you bouncing around here? Because we're missing some slides. Mm-mm. Okay. No, I I hid a handful of slides because they're very dense, and I tried to pare down the information. Okay. Um. Uh, I'm not seeing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a slide or two probably that are hidden. Um, I'm You're trying fine. to pare down the 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 information. Um. <sighs> Team building is a can of worms that we try and tackle generally when a new meta is announced on the Battle Science podcast, on a regularly scheduled Battle Science podcast, because each meta is different. Um, there are metas where your top tier performers aren't going to be available. There are metas where uh, your top performers are available, but you can't run a team of six top performers. You have to... Um, support like one like you can't run defense deoxys uh azumaro or umbreon uh, and umbreon you have to run one of the three and then support it with a team of five around that so team building is always this big can of worms that uh you only get to open up and um mess with when a meta has been announced right so the, and we've discussed meta before. Meta is the term that we use for what is relevant in a given scenario. Mm-hmm. The biggest sort of the biggest modifier to each meta is what Pokemon do you have ready and available? Yep. What do you have? If you don't have any defense Deoxys, you can't build a team around defense Deoxys. No. You you can't use it. You got to find something else. Um. So it's really a matter of knowing what you have and knowing what you're comfortable with and then building around that. Um, the next bullet point here is what's your budget. You might have something available, but it's going to cost a lot. Yep. Um, you could have, you know, the rank one, rank one XL or rank one that with XL required, excuse me, Metacham but you don't have the XL candy for it, or maybe you do have the XL candy for it, but it's a level one and it needs all of the power-ups, all of the stardust. Um, you have to then decide, are you going to spend that stardust now on this Pokemon that you, I mean, in the case of Metacham, it'll probably come back in relevance. Um, do you power it up now and have it for later? Or is something you're powering up like a rank two Alolan, executor do you want to spend the stardust on that stardust candy to second move all of the resources on it when it's not going to be relevant in the future yeah um so you have to look at your options and budget and not to mention if you're doing something like gbl or Sulfurina, and you only have the resources to power up a metacham and then you don't have enough for anything else you have to balance out the team mm-hmm so one example when we first started doing Self Arena was we quickly realized how much of an investment in Stardust every month a different meta was going to be. 
One month was Fire, Water, Grass. Okay, cool. I maxed out Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur. Well, next month, it's Ghost, Flying, and Electric. I don't have enough Stardust to do anything with those. So one thing I would recommend is when you go to do team building, make sure you can power up those Pokemon to that point and that you have the TMs to get the optimal moves that you want for the fast attack and the charge attack. And then if you have enough resources left over, then unlock a second move. That's one strategy. It's it's looking at what you have already powered up, contemplating that in a team composition versus what you don't have powered up and would have to spend additional resources on right? Um, to have to power up to put a team together. So and that's one of the FOMO issues that we deal with every month during these Silph Arena metas because if Steven has a rank 1 Metacham XL but then has a rank 200 at level 47 already powered up and second moved he doesn't really need to go and invest in that rank one right now he can mm-hmm. just use the rank 200 or whatever that he has until he feels comfortable powering up that other one i have yeah i think i have like a rank probably 300 of this it's because of the xl change yeah the i probably have somewhere around a rank 300 or so at like level 39 or something right prior to when the rework happened a near it's a near hundo and then i got a new metacham that's rank three as best buddy it's rank two or three at best buddy that i don't have the xl candy for mm-hmm. so that in the meantime i have this other metacham um, that you can that use. i can use as i grind for the xl candy by right. walking it as my buddy so part of team building comes down to resource management for sure it's both in-game and both team building and within the battle, it's resource management. Yeah. What's your play style? So I put this down as an ex- as a bullet point because in my case, I have a particular play style that works for me and that has only worked for me, only been able to work for me once. And that was... Oh, was it Prismatic Cup that I tied for first with three other people? That's um, the one you have a badge for. Yeah, I don't Prism- remember. If, yeah, Pris- Prismatic. Prismatic. Prismatic Cup where I was able to build. Which, for reference, um, is a self arena meta. Yes, it was a self arena meta of this past season. Um, I was able to build the Lardy Boys, um, which <laughs> is basically a pun on uh, t- like fat, Team Fat. Um, big chunky stamina and defense weighted Pokemon um, that I did not have to worry too much about my shield usage because they could take the punishment. I was able to perform well because that bulk allowed me to rely less on shield management and better, feel more comfortable in matchups of my Pokemon versus my opponent's Pokemon. I can outlast, I can outbulk. Um, that is a meta that, or that is a play style that is not available in every meta because, especially Sylph metas, because Sylph will change up the way that you have to build a team around. Um, and so as much as I wanted to continue using that kind of team, um, all of the rest of the metas for the rest of the season, the rest of the season basically barred me from using a similar team. Yeah, I think for that month in particular, the theme was 
every Pokemon on your team had to represent a different color of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So you had red, you had blue, green and white, yellow, or no, it was yellow and white. Green was its own color. Black and purple were a color. And that's five. What was six? Was it like red and brown? Pink and brown. Pink and brown? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. And the way that worked was whatever the Pokemon's actual color was. So, for example, Hitmonchan fit into the pink and brown category, whereas something like Blastoise fit into the blue. Mm-hmm. I can pull up. Let me see if I can pull up the team. Um, but then the next month, the meta could be something completely different, where it's you have to pick Pokemon based on a point-based system, mm-hmm. where each Pokemon had an individual point value, and you had a you had twenty points to spend, and you had to fill a roster of six with twenty points. But that's that's the fun thing about Sylph Cups is they're thematic and it changes every month, which can be a double-edged sword because if you don't have the resources, it's hard to keep up with the different cups. But with GBL, you can just run whatever. Granted, there are conditional cups in GBL as well. Uh, Let's see. Prismatic cup. It's loading it. So while you're checking, or do you have it? Yes. Okay. Five-way tie, um, and it was, let's see, was it just the four rounds? I think I went three and one. So you won three, three of your games, and you lost one of them. Yes. Or rounds, I should say. Yes. Um, and because so each round was the best of three. My team was Lantern, I think, was which was blue. Yep, that's your blue category. Sunny Cast Form, which was red. Yep. Um, Hypno, which was in yellow, white. Yep. Snorlax, which classified as green. Green. Yep. Um, Cherim, sunshine form, which classified, I believe, as pink. Yep. And then Driftblim, which classified as purple. Purple and gray. Purple and gray. So I ran stuff with uh, a oh, significant amount of. The green was green and black. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because actually, I think Snorlax technically classifies as black. Yeah. Because of its sprites from the original game. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so it's your you have to determine your play style. How what's going to perform well for you? Like for Steven, he played a bulky defensive so he could play smart and safe and calculate what his opponents are doing. Where like someone like me, I'm running into GBL with three shadows and going ham. Yes, and that actually brings us to the next the next bullet point here of uh, to spice or not to spice, um, and that is: Do you want to play with something that's a little less known? Do you want to play with something that is a little bit more risky, um, that maybe isn't as strong, um, but has v- maybe very advantageous matchups against a smaller population of relevant Pokemon? So. The spice factor, there are spice masters out there. Um, there's always a spice factor. Um, actually, Sylph Arena, each season will give you a rank, a spice ranking Yep. Um, on how your team compositions are in comparison to... The rest of the people that are playing, whatever other people are using for that cup. Mm-hmm. So if you're using something like 
a Zapdos in a cup where Zapdos would not do well, and you do well with Zapdos, you will get a higher spice ranking. Whereas if you're someone that just follows what everybody else runs, your spice ranking will not be as high. Mm-hmm. But that's limited to Sylph Arena. You can also look up there are specific content creators and YouTubers and Pokemon Go players out there, PvPers, hashtag battlers, that only use the spiciest of picks. And I think the only one that comes to mind when I think of Spice Master, I'm going to forget his name. Give me a minute. Oh, 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 oh. Um... I feel bad. He's going to hate me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, how am I blanking on his name? <laughs> he's been he's not been AFK, but he hasn't been around. He's been hanging out science. with Funshine Cat. Yes. Uh let's see, let's see, let's see. I feel really bad. He's going to have to give us crap now. Is he maybe not in our server anymore? Maybe not. I don't see him. Did he retire from Pokémon Go PvP? No. Um He's part of the X3DX clan. I feel really bad. Jim Corn. Jim Corn. That's what it was. Jim. Yeah, Jim Corn was a mat. Yep. Jmar's in the chat. <laughs> My guy, Jim Corn. <laughs> yeah, you got us. Um, yeah, Thank Jim Corn is a was is Jmar. Correct me. Did he retire? I I don't think I heard anything about him retiring, but um, he's world traveling with Funshine. <laughs> he's um he is a spice master. Um. If you want to see uh, content of some of the weirdest stuff that comes out, um, even things that realistically aren't relevant, um, I believe uh, Jay Formacus and Scrublord Dustin do daily oh, yeah. videos on some of the weird stuff that comes out. So even like base forms, um, they do videos on like the stuff that really isn't even relevant. King um, IV will also go and do crazy combinations of teams just to prove that the pokemon are still viable mm-hmm. it's just how you use them uh jmr saying that he still plays but taking it a bit casual i don't blame anyone for taking it casual uh okay uh next slide did you mention the four categories there no um different pokemon perform differently in different roles and there's we briefly mentioned roles in the first part of this. Um, when it comes to battles, the the three Pokemon you pick, there's basically three different... Categories, roles? Well, there's more than just three. But you have Pokemon that perform well in different scenarios. Excuse me. So you have your leads. Basically, the first Pokemon you throw out is your lead. Um, similar, I guess, in naming scheme to things like, um, relay races, you have your lead, your first Pokemon you send out. Usually you want something with uh, rather good coverage or, uh, something that's going to be versatile. Hopefully it's not something that's going to be hard countered by things commonly, um, where you're going to have to force, you're going to, you're, you either lose the matchup or, you have to switch out, giving your opponent basically the upper hand. Um, Assuming they have an answer to whatever you send in. True. The Picking out a good lead can be kind of hard, um, 
but sometimes it's good to just go in with something that is either incredibly spammy, has some good um, neutral damage to a lot of things, so something like maybe a normal type. Um, I think one of the most popular leads that we've had for a long time was Alolan Raichu. Yes. Because it created energy. It gained energy very quickly. It gave itself the upper hand very quickly. And because it has two moves that you either have to guess right or wrong on, and if you guess wrong, you get punished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just good neutralists, I think, in this image. Um, Altaria is actually a pretty pretty good pick. It has decent bulk. Um, Dragon Breath is nothing to sneeze at. It has Sky Attack. It has the options of Moonblast or... Sky Attack. Oh, Dragon Pulse is the other one. Dragon Pulse is the other one. Um, although I don't know if Dragon Pulse is really getting used anymore. Yeah. Um, Altaria performs very well. It's uh, just an open Great League now. It fears all of the Azu and Charmers. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your Closers, which are basically the exact opposite of leads. Things that have pretty reasonable bulk and can do um, a nice chunk of damage when all of your shields, when all of when your when your opponent's shields are gone. Um, things that can survive and do massive damage to basically finish out a fight. Yeah. Um, your attackers, best Pokemon against shielded opponents um, while you are unshielded. So things that have um, high bulk, high sur- survivability, um, have um, higher, you know, things that can have higher spam and can do considerable amounts of damage. So yeah. Um, the attackers can play either a lead or closer role mm-hmm. because they can also apply great pressure for something like Swampert or Medi. Medicham is a very versatile Pokemon. It can run power-up punch to shield bait, or it can run dynamic punch to just nuke things. Mm-hmm. With having ice punch to be able to help deal with uh, its weaknesses. Some... Uh, and then defenders. Um Defenders are usually bulkier Pokemon. Um, so in this graphic, there is uh, Lantern, uh, Fortress, and Vigoroth um, that all perform um, well. They can take some damage. They can dish some damage. Yep. Um, they might be a little bit slower in the energy gain, but they have... Um, they have the stamina and bulk to sustain themselves in a fight. Mm-hmm. They are what we would call a safe switch or a safe swap because the in particular lantern is really only weak to ground and uh, grass. Mm -hmm. It is still vulnerable to electric neutrally because it is also a water. Vigoroth is really only weak to fighters Mm -hmm. and flyers because it's move sets don't really give it an option to beat fighters. Mm -hmm. If it ever gets rock slide, watch out. (laughs) But and then Fortress is kind of one of those odd ones. I don't know many people that use Fortress, but Fortress is an example of something that has a lot of versatility. It's got debuff moves. It's got huge nuke moves. When I say nuke, we're talking about things like Solar Beam and Hyper Beam that just destroy something if it's not respected. But those three in particular also offer a good amount of versatility. So if you get a bad matchup in the lead and swap into one of these, there's a 50-50 chance your opponent has a counter to it, but it's a good one that you can sw- safely swap into because they have the stamina and the bulk to help regain the fight. 
Okay, best of three battles format. So Sylph Arena, GBL, you don't encounter this, um, but within the Sylph Arena, it is uh, the best of three battles. Whoever wins two battles first wins the round. So you won game one, now what? So this is another interesting one within uh, team building as well that there is some additional strategy. And actually, I'm kind of surprised we haven't mentioned the phrase um, that I used to love saying um, that um, Pokemon Go PvP is a chess match that starts even before you hit play uh, because the team building is can be incredibly critical to how you perform yes team building is incredibly critical and all of that happens before you even basically start a tournament um, the meta is announced you look at what you have available you start uh theory crafting and and formulating a team and all i that. mean i can think of 10 people off my head that'll see a meta and then make five or six different teams and play test them until they have one they like mm -hmm. and even then last minute before he actually start a tournament and go, wait, I want to make a change. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I've so, been guilty of that. So in a best of three battles, you have to remember you're playing against another human being. And so just as you can change your team up or stick with the same team, so can they. Um, so if you won game one, do you stick with that same team of three? Does that still perform optimally? I'm just hearing something else. Um, does that team of three still perform optimally? Are you going to mix it up so that it has your your you can potentially catch your opponent on um, their back foot? Um, or do they reverse psychology you and catch you out, assuming that oh, because you won this, you're gonna keep the same team. Whereas if most people lose the round, they end up changing their team the next round because oh, that didn't work. Let me try this. Mm -hmm. It becomes a game of psychology at that point because it's, is this person known to change it up every time they lose? And that's kind of the thing with silk tournaments that we see uh, when we host these is you start recognizing patterns with players. And I'm one of those players that I like to mix up my team every round. Mm. And I've won a couple tournaments because I ran the same three, the same team all three rounds. Mm. And I know certain opponents will remember that of me and I'll play that to my advantage. But sometimes that doesn't play to my advantage because they catch me out going, oh, well, I won. I'm just going to keep the same team. JMR in the chat says the best mind games are no mind games. Yes. So sometimes you just want to play what you're confident in. You what can, you're comfortable. And that's a yeah. big thing we always talk about, too, is you may have a team of six, but this is a meta maybe where you don't have three things that you don't have any idea how they work or perform. But you, the other three you have played with in GBL, you've played with in other metas before. Mm -hmm. You're comfortable. They're good, solid rotation. Just and, run them. And then there's a matchup to matchup where your opponent's team might counter, you know, two of your six incredibly well. Yeah. Um, where you just don't want to use those two because of you your know six. that if you do, you'll give them an advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of. It's a lot of preparing ahead of time. It's studying. It's, um, in and some cases, knowing your opponents. And that's not to say that everyone's going to have the same team. You can't be prepared for everything. you got to just do the best you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredibly important. There are going to be times where you just aren't 
you just your team has a weakness to this specific team and there's there's maybe uh, a couple of win scenarios if you play your heart out and you catch them out on a good move or a good swap mm-hmm. um but there are going to be times where you're just in a losing scenario and it's it it, it, it just happens it sucks when it happens when you see it before the battles have even started you see your opponent's team you look at your your team you're like i don't have this yeah, uh, there's, there's like no there's way I have there's certain scenarios like with Swampert and Whiskash. If you don't have access to a grass type move, you're gonna have a bad time, mm-hmm. or something like a flyer that resists them. Mm-hmm. So it is really a case by case basis. It's it's knowing knowing Pokemon, playing um, playing to your strengths, knowing the matchups, etc. So, and that's kind of thing we always talk about when we do these. Sulfurina Cups or even GBL, play with what you're comfortable with. Practice with certain Pokemon. Understand how they play, what they feel like, how long it takes to build up fast moves to their energy move. That's really, I think, the biggest thing here is don't play to play around the meta. Mm-hmm. Play with what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. We're on one of our last slides here with some closing points, um, some general points of importance as far as Pokemon Go PvP and life in general, I guess. Um, Practice good sportsmanship. Don't be a sore loser. Um, When we get back to in-person tournaments, uh, shake people's hands, say good games. I don't know if we'll be back to shaking right away. (laughs) That's true. That's true. You're you're not wrong. Um, Practice good sportsmanship. Just like if you played if you played sports back as a kid, um, you know, it's a uh, real person on the other side of that screen. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's other human beings be respectful. So, um, practice, 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 keep practicing. Like you're not going to get good just by sitting around doing nothing. No, um, you can't don't jump into PVP and assume you'll have it right away. Mm-hmm. Just because you've done raids, just because you've battled gyms, just because you've done the rockets, don't don't does expect not, to become a champion overnight. It does not mean that you are prepared for player versus player interactions. No. Um, it is not an easy ladder. But don't forget to take breaks. Um, you can play as much as you can. You will burn out. You oh, yes. will encounter issues. Um uh, take breaks take breaks even in the tournaments you're you're welcome to be like go up to the uh to the D, the uh tournament runner, organizer to thank you tournament organizer and she'd be like hey i need a minute to walk this out relax kind of unwind yeah these are stressful they you know uh one of the things we mentioned in the last episode cmp ties i was doing a match last night in gbl mm-hmm. where i had two pokemon left and they had one their last Pokemon came in and had it was a frost last and it had two ice shards re- or two avalanches ready. Mm-hmm. I had my charge move ready, but because the way it works, it's not a swap in, it's a send in. They win the CMP tie because frost last beats Wizcash immediately get to fire their avalanche. Mm. And the same with me, I send in my next Pokemon, I have a charge move ready, but because frost last has a higher attack, wins CMP again. Mm. So I had two Pokemon left that I could have instantly won if I got the charge move priority, but I didn't because Frostlass has the higher attack power, mm. which gives it priority. I couldn't even get a fast move in. Mm. 
So just because you have all these conditions, you need to realize you're not going to win everything. Mm-hmm. Recording your battles for review and study. There are plenty of uh, apps out there as well as built-in tools to both uh, Samsung devices, uh, Android devices, Apple devices. What are you giggling at? <laughs> Look at the last one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're getting ahead of yourself. I know. Um, there are both built-in tools into devices as well as third-party apps that will allow you to record your battles. Um, it is very important when it comes to Silph Arena tournaments, if there is um, server issues, desync, if the game crashes, you need recordings for it to prove that there was an issue yep. um, so that you can replay battles. Yep. So, and that's one of the things that we have for our server and every everybody that runs Silph Arena tournaments. In the rules, it says if you are unsure of your – I mean, in general, they say to record. Mm-hmm. Or if you can't record, ask your opponent to. Mm-hmm. Like I know some people have phones that are not optimal for screen recording. You can always ask your opponent to record. <laughs> Why are you giggling? Kakuna Matata at the Portland Mega with a phone that has a, a micro USB plug-in. We were scrambling to help find him a charger, and we're like, what kind of phone no, do you have? No, he was... He oh, was, no, it was the adapter for record screen recording. Yeah, he was on the... He was his battle was going to be streamed from one of the from one of the rounds of the mega, and he was running such an old phone that was running a micro USB that like if I so one of the things we use for streaming for tournaments and for recording our matches are capture cards. Mm-hmm. A capture card is a device that you hook up to your computer, and most people I think the original use for capture cards was for uh, gaming consoles. As for one example, um, I want to say it was to capture camcorders. Probably originally it was more of capturing camcorders, but also converting uh, VHS tapes. Oh God, some kids are not going to know what we're talking about. <laughs> converting VHS tapes to a digital format. Yeah. Um, Basically, what it does is it copies whatever you have on a screen mm-hmm. and puts it on your computer so you can digitally record it. So the tools we use are a direct, basically, plug-in on the iPhone side. It is a, a lightning cable to HDMI, and then that HDMI plugs into a capture card on the computer. And then on Android, it's the USB-C into an HDMI that then plugs into the, the capture card on the computer. Um Kukuna Matata, who uh, runs PV Poke, was, uh, I guess his... I hope he's upgraded since. I really hope he's upgraded <laughs> since because the game is not skimping on the effects and I cannot imagine it runs well. <laughs> I mean, we know it doesn't run well because you're running some older phones uh, in some instances too. Um, yeah, his even phone, the charge animation is a struggle. Yeah, his phone was a USB-C or a USB micro um, port. And so... Um, but that was a fun there, experience. Not everyone's devices can run Pokemon Go and screen record at the same time. Yeah. Um, maybe consider getting a new phone because at some point Pokemon Go is not going to support old devices. Um, but until that point, again, if yeah. you cannot screen record and it's something not you can do, you can ask your opponent to record in a self-match. But there are also content creators out there that do stream their games. Mm-hmm. And there are people that record their games. We do ours as well occasionally um twitch is a great place to learn how to pvp 
Go to the Pokemon Go category. I guarantee you at any time of the day, there is someone streaming PvP. Join us when we do streams for PvP, like Go Battle Nights. Jump in and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions to the content creator. Some of them require a follow, but if you don't like their content, you can just unfollow them afterwards. Mm -hmm. But jump in, ask questions. You know, if there's someone that doesn't have uh, people helping them or other uh, mods or admins in chat, they might not respond to you right away because they're focused on their match. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you between matches, if you ask a question like, if they're running a Pokemon, you're like, oh, I've never seen that one before. Does it perform well? Or just don't be afraid to ask questions because that's what a lot of PvP is, is just learning. And just, I think that ties in with the practice. Just don't constantly tag uh pv poke <laughs> and jerry seawolf on twitter uh it's pretty cringe maybe you should just look at the resources that they provide uh on their websites um similar to not forgetting to take breaks when it comes to practice uh don't forget to file manage every once in a while when you with your uh, battle <laughs> yeah. recorded. um i think i cleared up like something like 20 gigabytes of um recorded gbl battles uh, or not GBL, Self Arena Battles um, from my phone one day because I was like, huh, my phone seems to have uh, quite a bit of storage taken up. I wonder why. And then I'm like, oh, wow, these are it's all like recorded. It's 10 from... gigs of video. Yes. Um, so I deleted those and cleared up some space. So so Jim's asking what's the best uh, recording for iPhone. Jmar has answered that he uses the built-in recording feature on iPhone. Yes. I'm not incredibly familiar with iPhone. I know that they do have – some of the newer devices do have the in – a setting under settings it's a screen recorder mm -hmm. function the i have some knowledge i believe it's the 10 and 10 11 and 12 or so the x iphone x series the 11 series and the 12 series should have the um i don't think they call it specifically the toolbox feature but okay. if you go to your uh, network and battery sort of um icons on your top right of your screen you can swipe down from there and you have like your wi-fi um uh, your wi-fi setting your bluetooth setting uh flashlight etc you should have a screen um screen recording option there on the toolbox so also a note because we have seen this before if you do screen recording and you are doing pvp mm -hmm. do not disturb as a recommended function well if you're streaming your battles battles if you want to showcase your battles later uh, do not disturb is uh, not a bad option to turn on not to mention um, if you have personal information being texted to you and you have pop-ups mm -hmm. it's just if you want to share that information if you want to share the videos make sure you have do not disturb or turn off pop-up notifications because there'll be times where your roommate texts you and it's not something appropriate and it pops up on stream and that, that sounds, turns into a fun situation that sounds pretty specific <laughs> um, and then the final point here in the closing points is Niantic servers are just going to be bad. Um, it's what some people call go battle lag GBL. Um, Niantic servers are, uh, pretty well known for not being well optimized. Um, it's certainly more playable than say Nintendo servers for smash brothers. Um, but they certainly aren't winning any awards. So, um, I've had that happen, Jmar. Phone, phone calls call in the middle of battle. battle. Yeah. The worst part's when you you're tapping and it pops up and kicks you into the phone call. <laughs> yeah. Um. And this kind of 
ties into don't forget to take breaks. There are going to be sets that are unplayable because of your network connection and uh, Niantic servers not being that great. Um, I think the most times we see server issues is when they're doing something specifically for PvP or at the beginning or end of a season. Yes, when everyone's on, um, when everyone's playing, you you can run into some pretty hefty server issues. So I would recommend if you really want to keep up to date, uh, you can always join the Discord here with us. And we like to let people know, you know, hey, we have people in our community that will come in and say, don't do battles right now. Servers are terrible. And we'll kind of share that information with everybody. And that's a good time to, you know, maybe look back at some recordings, look at what you've been doing the last couple of days, maybe powering up some new stuff. Use that downtime for maintenance, essentially. Mm -hmm. Adjusting my headphones here. Okay. And then the one of the last slides here as far as our general content. Um, I don't know how many people we've got here in chat. If anyone has any questions, we can do maybe a, a quick little Q&A um, thing, thing here as we wrap up. Um, we've got a resources page with a bunch of beginners resources. Um, I've heard about Pokemon Go and don't know how it's played. Your title says 101. Um, let's see. Um, uh, it's uh, White. Uh, White Tech. White Tech uh, 055. Uh, I'll get to that question here in a moment. The resources page have a lot of um, beginner-friendly resources from the type effectiveness charts to Self Arena's homepage. Um, overall resources, you can go over to gamepress.gg slash Pokemon Go. Tons of articles, a ton of um, information there. If you want a more analytical breakdown of some of the mechanics, Pokemon Go, ha Pokemon Go Hub has a, um, a page there you can go to. You can simulate battles and check rankings and such. Um, super nitty gritty with pvpoke, pvpoke.com. That's P-V-P-O-K-E dot com. Um, you can always look at Ghost Stadium if you're looking for a nice big community um, to hang out in that is uh, PvP focused. Um, there's some pretty hardcore ga uh, gamers, pretty hardcore battlers over there in Ghost Stadium. Um, you can check those out. Um, there are IV rank checkers if you are wanting to care about IVs. Um, and are very curious, you can go to Ghost Stadium's um, rank checker. That's stadiumgaming.gg forward slash rank dash checker. Um, and that you can input your IVs of caught Pokemon um, or even Pokemon that you haven't caught. You can enter in IVs to see where that places within PvP ranks. Um, and then there are apps on each device, uh, each OS per mobile device. Um, so Calci IV on Android, um, that's C-A-L-C-Y-I-V, um, that's over on, uh, the Android platform. You can download that. That actually, uh, is a overlay. So it will actually scan Pokemon in real time. Um, Poke Genie, um, P-O-K-E with the little, um, flare Genie, G-E-N-I-E that's over on iOS and that you will have to screenshot Pokemon stats and then, um, you will have to screenshot the Pokemon stats and then upload them into Poke Genie for it to be able to give you 
um, additional information as far as rank and performance. Um, as well as you can hit up us, Jesse and I, uh, as Battle Science over on Twitter, twitter.com slash battle underscore science or at battle underscore science. Um, Discord.gg slash, um, this is a very, you probably don't want me to read this. No, please. Um, these links will be in the uh, presentation and the presentation will be linked in the description of this, both in podcast services and on YouTube. Um, you can catch us here on twitch.tv slash battle science. Um, over on YouTube, we still need the 100 subscribers to get youtube.com slash battle science. We're still on the way for that. Um, and then battlescience.podbean.com will get you the uh, podcast feed for the battle science podcast. Um, or you can go to your podcast service of choice, your Spotify's, your Google Plays, no, your Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, or whatever they're calling their service now. So I think it's iHeart. Uh, it's a separate one, but I think we're on iHeart, iHeart Radio. Yeah. Um, let's see. Open up for some Q&A? Yes. We have some advanced stuff that we can cover, but it's, we could go over it here. Um, but, uh, Ytech, tell me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, um, is asking about playing Pokemon Go. Um, Jimmy Shim does bring up a good point. If you already have the game downloaded, um, that is step numero uno. Um, so what is Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go is, I think Steven likes to asterisk it with a mobile activity app. Yes. So it is, um, it is an activity tracker mixed with a Pokemon game. A collection game. Yes, a Pokemon collection game. So the primary objective is to go out and move. Um, Yes, it is on the phone. Um, uh, It is a mobile game. So uh, iPhones, Androids. um, I think that's it right now. Basically, there's probably another OS out there, like really minutely. Um, so five years ago, this came out and was explosive. I'm sure you've heard about it back then. Mm-hmm. The game ties into your real world location. So let's say, for example, we live close to a major metropolitan in Seattle and here in Washington. If we go down to Washington or if we go down to Washington, if we go down to Seattle mm-hmm. and we go sit at the Space Needle, there will be things in the game called stops and gyms which are points of interest, uh, gyms relative to the main series games are somewhat the same in a sense of you go there and you fight other Pokemon. Uh, stops are how you get your... The game has a really good tutorial once you boot the game. Uh, in a nutshell, Pokemon Go is a collection-based game where you have to actually physically walk down the street to catch these Pokemon. The Pokemon reappear. It's a constant live game. So the game is always, whenever you have the app open, is how you play. And even if you're not playing, the game's still going on. So if you were very interested, if you were a fan of the franchise and you want to give yourself a little bit of a taste of it, I would suggest downloading the app, uh, reading the tutorial that the game presents to you, and picking a starter Pokemon when you load the game. Professor Willow is the main professor for this game. He will take you through the tutorial. Um, if you're in a position where you can't leave your house or you are 
because I know with COVID in some countries, people are still in some of a semi-lockdown. There are They have recently reworked the game to be more safe for people to stay in one spot and play. But the whole premise of the game is to get out and explore. Mm. <clears throat> and um, if you want to listen to our previous... Um, this is sort of the end of part two of our player versus player battles 101. If you want to listen to part one, um, and you are more than welcome to, to give it a listen uh, or give it a watch. Um, the one thing is if you don't have a whole lot of context as far as just playing Pokemon Go at all, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to miss. Um, so you can always give it a listen, um, see what sort of connects um, um, or come back to it after you've played a little bit of Pokemon Go. Maybe give it uh, give it a couple of days. Um, there are a lot of resources out there on people that have put out to show you how to play Pokemon or give you tips on what to do when you're just starting out in Pokemon Go. Um, you're more than welcome to join our server. The link should be down below if you're watching here live on the podcast or the Twitch chat. Mm -hmm. We also put it on as a tag for most of our servers. If you are unfamiliar with what Discord is, uh, it is a Skype equivalent for gamers. It is more than just Skype, though. It is a video and voice chat and text. It, think of it like, how would you compare Skype? Or how would you pair uh, Discord? I mean, I think Skype's actually probably a pretty reasonable. It's basically a um, like message board app. Yeah. So. Um, there, if you join us, we can help you out. If you have questions, plenty of people on our server that are willing to comment and help out what are you giggling about twits uh twits <laughs> twitter okay tweets but let's uh anything else to add um let's see i think that's all of our links here are there any other questions yeah any questions chat? for us before we wrap up um if you're listening to this at a later date and you have questions you want to let people know where they can contact us uh yes so twitter at battle underscore science you can hit us up on the discord um you can always follow us on twitch hit us up in the twitch chat um anytime we're live um and then you can email us at um battle science dot podcast at gmail.com um if you want to send us a good old-fashioned email um i think that's how about twitch chat anyone oh. here in twitch chat have a question for us any other questions I have a question for you, Stephen. Okay. If I'm just starting Self Arena, or if I'm just starting Go Battle League today after listening to this, uh -huh. what would you recommend I run? What's something right now that I could go outside and find three of and use? Um, Let's see. Not counting today's event. Well, currently in this season, because it's location-based, this is going to kind of depend on location to location. Um. Pidgey are all over the place. Um, Pidgeot's Pidgeotto. Pidgeot. Pidgeot is a solid performer. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, uh, what else is spawning in the Beedrill's wild? Beedrill's pretty good. Beedrill's not bad. Beedrill's not bad. Um, it's got some options. Let me let me pop open the game and see what's spawning and what's on the nearby. Um Oh, far-fetched. Um, I remember that. 
Um, Farfetch'd in Pokemon Go is... A regional. Yes, Jesse's right. So it is only obtainable from... Asia. Uh, Asia. It is a continental based. There are certain Pokemon in Pokemon Go that they have selected to be exclusive to parts of our real world. Farfetch'd, unfortunately, is one of them. Uh, so, for someone uh, like White White Tech here, who probably hasn't played the newer versions, they have introduced regional variants of Pokemon. So, what we refer to as the original Farfetch'd is called Kanto Farfetch'd. Mm-hmm. There is another region which is based on Europe called Galar, which Farfetch'd takes on a different type and appearance and also gets an evolution. So that one has been incredibly relevant in the game recently, um, but that's a different story. Cantonian Farfetch'd in Pokemon Go isn't great, but it is something you will have to probably get from someone else because it has been a... It is regional, but they also have held events where they have made it available to everybody in the world. And then to answer uh, Jim's question, what's the best way to get into a self tournament? If you go to self.gg, you can either, well, you first have to register an account, and it usually links with Google, Reddit, LinkedIn, or I think they've done Facebook now too. Correct me so. if I'm wrong. I think so. But. So once you've made an account on sylph.gg, you can look at the map in your local area. They have a web tool for tournaments being held near you. Currently, as of this recording, you probably won't see any because the season won't start until next month. October. October, which they have stated they get, threw out a teaser image of next month's or the first cup of the month's first cup of the season's tournament but we haven't got any details as of this recording. So self.gg local area map once we hit October, and then there will be tournaments that are shared. Um, if you cannot find one, you are more than welcome to join our discord. We host ones every month and we usually run them for a duration of the month. Uh, we kind of talked about this, I think on the first part of this series as well about how we host tournaments and do stuff with them. Um, I want to battle outside of GBL. No, I feel that GBL can give you quick burnout if you just do just GBL. I think a lot of the player base really enjoys Sylph because it is, like we've talked about, thematic and has different things that happen. Um, it is just Great League at the moment. There is Factions, which is another type of uh, format within Sylph. But if you want to join a local group on your map... Uh, check that out. If you can't find anybody, again, you, anybody's welcome to join us in the Discord. Jump in, tag me at RocketAdmin J, or find some way to get a hold of me. We'll give you what we call the Battle Lab role, which is tied to our Battle Lab hydrogen. But basically, that's our our lobby. It. The original thought was if we had multiple um, battle science. Science. If we had um, enough people to have multiple lobbies for each month's cup, we would be um, naming them after the different elements on the periodic table. Um, so lobby one is hydrogen. Uh, lobby two would have been, I believe, oxygen. Yep. Um, but we only have enough people to run one lobby. So um, 
if you hop in and you want to join us for Sylph Arena Cups, hop on in. Um, you will get a notification saying someone joined the Discord. Um, just let us know that you want to join us for Sylph Arena um, tournaments. Um, we'll give you the Battle Lag Lab tag that way. Um, <laughs> Battle Lab tag so that um, any and anyone and everyone that is interested in Sylph Arena has that Battle Lab tag so that when we are trying to figure out when we want to start tournaments, um, other details and such, we can tag basically everyone yeah. uh, that's interested. So, and when we when we start this season, like I do with every season for GBL, I'll run through the introductions. I'll run through the process and how we play out the tournaments for anybody that's new that's joining. And I know we've had a lot of good people recently joining our server. So when we go to start this season, I will do a nice introductional tutorial on how to PVP in Self Arena. Long Shadow. Yes. That's, that's funny. The dynamic lighting within Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Advanced tactics. It's a whole lot of text. Um, I won't worry about covering it. It's here in the the presentation. It's not going anywhere. But. So there's other stuff on the presentation that we didn't cover. If you want to check out some of those advanced tactics, we'll put them in the description after everything gets cleaned up and put out for show. I think that's it. Yeah. Do you have any other? Do you have anything? Thank you for tuning in to our uh, preseason primer. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking interest in PvP if you've stuck around this long. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is a very unforgiving uh, part of the game, but if you are someone that enjoys competitiveness, a change, and wants to learn a little bit more, it's also a great way to meet new people, mm -hmm. especially once we get back to in-person tournaments for self. Someday. Someday. Um, let's see. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, ways to improve, we will be doing, I imagine, another much more pared down version of a Sylph Arena preseason primer for next season in 2022. Um, so give us that feedback. Be happy to take it and refine this. This is probably in total of near four hour, near four hour long listen. So um we can pare this down um to a much more consumable uh length um in the future um join us over in the discord hit us up with some feedback uh you can email us uh hit us up on twitter all that fun stuff um go over to youtube and subscribe to the battle science youtube channel so that we can hit 100 subscribers and get youtube.com slash battle science because we can't have it until we reach 100 subscribers um Oh, uh, other fun stuff are coming down the pipe. So if you want to follow us for, um, a community, um, charity tournament, um, whatever other extra life event, fun stuff we're going to be doing battle science merch, uh, goofing around, whatever is going to happen in this September edition of the battle science after dark podcast, um, come hang out in our, uh, discord. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. We're nodding. We're both nodding. <laughs> Head nods. This is a this is a uh, this is an audio um, audio format without cameras. We're nodding. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. We'll catch you out there 
on the battlefield.